Resolution is the revolution, and revolution is the only solution. Amen. Let's go. Yeah. Something a little jazzy for everybody. I changed it up. It's summertime. You gotta have some type of like umbrella drink in your hand. Let's do it. Yes. Vibe with me. <laughs> Yeah, we back. Again. One more time. If God lets me, God will, then we're going to do it. Yeah. How's it going? I've tried to record this episode like five times. It's not going to stop me, though. Absolutely not. High energy. I need high energy. The highest of energy. I think I'm ready to do this now. Yeah. I think I'm ready to start. Some shouts out. Biggest shout out. Mentor, brother. Jeff Boosie, thank you so much for your support, sir. I appreciate you. I love you. You're so welcomed. Thank you for being part of my life. Uh, another shout out. Uh, Pastor Steve Bradley, man. He's 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 gonna he's 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 gonna continue to do it. He does it. He does it. He does it. He's the ace in the hole. Like he is it. Big shout out to that guy. Love you to death. He had an anniversary. So, with that, let's begin. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to um, give a shout out to uh, Huawei for that. No, I'll go right into it. So, I was always wondering when I was doing the, the prayer at the end. Say, man, how, how can I, because I always pray like, okay, if you want to know or if you need help or you need prayer, you can go ahead and, God, I'm sending somebody to be there with you right now. And I think that I can do better than that. So um, I open up a prayer request email. Just send all your emails there. Any type of prayer you want, you can go into detail as little or as less or as more as you want. And on the, ne on the next episode, I will pray for you on Next episode, you can find it at staysharpandwolflike at gmail.com. Send all of your prayer requests there, and we'll get to it um, at the beginning of, at the top of the episode. Yeah, top of the pod, we'll do it. We'll get it right to it. And then um, the other thing I did was I started, I know that you guys, you guys heard me talk about with Dr. Kellner, a victory garden. Well, I started it. I finally started it. And I've been getting after it. And I've been listening and kind of watching, you know, putting my ear to the ground and looking at some things. And it's looking like the price of vegetables might be going up here sooner than later. So, thank God I put that plan in motion first. Um, for my victory garden, and again, I want to really, really key in on this with you guys. Please, 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 if you're going to get a garden, plant what you plan to eat, not what looks appealing. Like, my kids keep asking me for tomatoes, 
and they never eat tomatoes. So why are we planting tomatoes? I'm not doing it. Not I. Not this black duck. Ain't happening. Nope. But we started it. It's coming along just fine. They're actually out. Uh, I'm getting some sun right now. So I can't wait to see what's going on. And uh, I want to thank the grass guru for, <laughs> for giving me the, the, the inspiration. He gave me a lot of inspiration in these last couple of days. And I don't think the episode was ready to be published yet because I think it was God kind of sitting me still. I was trying to just put out a, a content that just had something in there. And, um, you know, I really didn't, didn't take a, take a, a step back and kind of wait for him. And I, and I think that this all comes together fully, fully. This episode's called Close the Gap or Closing the Gap. Uh, so I was running. I just bought this new vest for Father's Day. Well, my wife did for Father's Day. And I took it out the same day for like a little test run. Put down like four miles. It's a 22-pound vest. And this thing is sweet. It's it's that that vest is evil and doesn't like Jesus at all. That thing is the most evil thing I've ever worn on my chest. But man, it, it hurts good. It hurts good. So I was listening to my you know my my AirPods and this song. So first of all, before anyone starts talking smack, I'm a Halo fan. I love everything about Master Chief, all the Halo realm. I know a lot of stuff about the books and all that jazz, right? Scrolling through my phones, I'm. Uh, looking for some inspiration on that last mile, and I found this new track I've never seen. I hit it, and I was like, "Oh man, that is, that's fire!" So I texted the, the the grass guru, go, "Hey brother," because he also loves Halo. I said, "If this doesn't do it for you, nothing will." I said, "You ain't never heard this," and uh, I sent it to him, and he goes, "No, I have not." <laughs> he said, "He said this makes you want to close the gap." And then it hit me, closed the gap, and I just kind of sat on it for a while and chewed on it for a little bit. And then I was just like, you know, what do I think about when I, when I hear the word, the, the phrase, close the gap? I, I, I think about the Soldier's Creed. And part of the Soldier's Creed is I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I'm no longer a soldier, but I am still a soldier. I'm God's soldier. I'm his child. I'm his son. And through my weapons, our weapons of love, hope, and faith, I stand ready to deploy, engage, love, and restore hope through faith to all of God's creations, both foreign and domestic, in close combat. But the real question is, how do we close the gap to get from point A to point B to get into that close combat. When I say combat, I don't mean like, you know, Mortal Kombat or Akumite. Naksu Kao. Naksu Kao. Anyway, sorry, that's just a coffee. Shout out my Starbucks crew. They they got it going. So I'm all hopped up on a blonde quad shot. Holler at your boy. But um, I'm talking about the combat of establishing a relationship right? Establishing relationships, building relationships. How do we, how do we close the gap to get in there? Um, and I think that these things need to apply to, you know, 
that covenant between you and God, first and foremost, right? Then that relationship between you and your family, like spouse, kids, etc. And then from there, you, God, family, church. And then you, God, family, church, the community. You should go in that order. You can't get right with yourself first. You can't get right with the community. You can't. You cannot. You cannot. To fix yourself first. But we're going to go into it. Uh, let us pray. Father, speak through me to my audience on the message of returning home to a place of jovial love and kindness. Let these words resonate within us, remind us that we are all children of you, the Almighty. I pray that you send the Spirit to shut our eyes and restore our vision through our hearts. Reveal to us today, God, how to love unparalleled as you love us. I pray all of this in your wonderful name. Amen. My song quote today goes something like this. There was a time when I was alone, nowhere to go and no place to call home. My only friend was the man in the moon, and even sometimes he would go away too. Then one night, as I closed my eyes, I saw a shadow flying high. He came to me with the sweetest smile, told me he wanted to talk. For a while, he said, Jesus Christ, that's what they called me. I promise that you'll never be lonely. And ever since that day, I'm a lost boy from Neverland. This is by Ruth B. Today, I want everyone to open some type of Bible tool, whether it be on your phone or if you can pull out the old the old wood, the old paper, papeles, por favor. Let us start in Acts 2. Just for uh, some backstory here, we discovered that on the day of Pentecost, this is the 50th day after the Sabbath of Passover week. So the first day of that week, Pentecost was also referred to as the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Harvest. But the Holy Spirit comes and begins to, to speak in in different tongues or different languages. And there are Jews from all walks of life that are befuddled at how they hear their native tongue from Galileans. So of course, like any rational adult trying to make sense of a miracle, they blame it on the booze. Peter quickly dispels the claim when he addressed the crowd in Acts 2.14. But Peter concluded, with, concluded his message with this. This is in 36, Acts 2, 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brother, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So it's here in Acts 2, 44 and 47 that I want us to spend some time with God and receive a message on love. Closing the gap. 
But first, I want you guys to 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 go back to your childhood just for just for a moment. Just humor me. Reflect on some of the happiest moments of your life with your friends or family. It's all right if you pause this for a moment, but I would like you to take a moment and remember what time of year was it? What song was providing the soundtrack to your childhood? Are we there? Good. Let's continue. One of the greatest moments in my life was when I was, I was dirt poor as a teenager. On the last two years of, of high school, we were all poor and came from different cultures, languages, worldviews, but, but the one thing we believed in was each other. My little posse of ragtag, of, of, of Maryville's finest. If one of us was hungry, we all chipped in and made sure our brother or sister was fed like the rest of us. Sometimes one of us didn't have the cool clothes to wear to go to the cool kid party. But we banded together and would combine outfits from multiple closets. As I've been, man, I've been there. To ensure we were all cleaner than a bar of soap. Cleaner than a bar of soap! My problems were their problems and their tears were my own. We loved each other. We were all we had. We were the lost boys and girls of Maryville. I can't tell you how many times I've been hit with a, hey, you hungry? I was like, yeah, let's get something to eat. Well, I don't have any money. And then the response from them was, I didn't ask you if you had money. I said, let's go get something to eat. That was common speak where I'm from. We took care of each other. That's just, a, it, it, it was just a second, secondhand thing. It just, it just popped up. We took care of each other. You know how many times I've, I've borrowed uh, uh, a jersey? <laughs> Don't hate. A jersey from, a, from, from one of my other partners and then some shoes from my other homeboy, but they was a little too big. So, you know, you just kind of padded them with more socks or you just added another sole in the bottom of it. So, you know, you, you kind of had a little fit that day. It happens. It happens. Or it doesn't. Well, whatever. But moving forward, in Acts 2, 40, 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. So I want to pause right there on 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. But let's key in on the word believers. What does it mean to believe? And I will pause for dramatic effect. That's enough. The most popular definition of belief often expresses an opinion in a vague manner without a very exact estimate of evidence noting a mere preponderance of opinion. And it's nearly, and it's nearly equivalent to think or suppose. But I like to lean the other direction on what the word believe is. Believe or believing is also defined as yielding to the will and affections accompanied with a humble reliance on Christ for salvation. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, born again. Children of God, 
children born again of God. All the believers were together and had everything in common. All of the children of God were together. All walks of life, culture, background, and tongues were together. And they had everything in common. Another way to read that is that they met in one place and shared everything they had. Could you imagine what it would look like or what it would feel like to be a part of something that special like today? Could you imagine that like today right now? Man, what I would give to be a part of that. I mean, that sounds awesome. A bunch of Christians gathered in one place for a period of time, sharing all that we had under the same roof, fellowshipping and praising our king. What? Get out of here. Sign me up. But let's take a small step back and see how these followers even got here. I mentioned briefly the chain of events that occurred, that it was Peter's message and instruction that pierced their hearts. So take a step back. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Well, first they repented. Peter's spirit-filled message got 3,000 people. He cut to their hearts. They repented. As defined, repentance is the feeling of pain, sorrow, or regret. To change the mind and consequence of the inconvenience or injury done by past conduct. But the greater picture here is that you have all of these emotions, these convictions, this admittance of guilt as a violation of God's holy law, a dishonor to his character and government, his kingdom. The second action is baptism. Those that repented chose to be baptized into the kingdom of God. Baptism is an action that denotes that you are willingly choosing to be a law-abiding citizen of the upside-down kingdom, which brings us right back to being born again. You are adopted into the family of God as his child. This places an entirely different worldview on Acts 2.44 because what we have in its purest essence, its purest essence, is a family gathering under our Father, plain and simple. I don't care how you slice that. That's exactly what that is. That is brother and sister sharing to ensure that each has the same because we are the same. I have to mention this because from a Western culture, uh, a modern view of verse 44 to the, un to the untamed eye, to have to mention this, it looks away. It looks different. It really does. Someone from the outside could make a random assumption. I mean, I was just speaking to a brother of mine the other day about this, and he was explaining how this style of gathering was and still is common from an Eastern culture perspective. But putting on the, the godly prescription lenses or glasses on this and say this is, I would say this is a common practice worldwide. Why? Because families gather to celebrate and feast all over the world, today, right now. They're doing it now. And since we are all brothers and sisters of our Lord, 
why should this feel any different? Let's move on to verse 45 in Acts 2. In my opinion, this is where the side eyes are going to start forming in the terms of optics in this practice today in modern culture. Here we go. You ready? I'll say it slow. Selling their, pos- <laughs> Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he or she had needed. This also reads for easier digestion. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. All right? There is zero fat on that verse, folks. None. These new believers sold their property and possessions so that their brothers and sisters in Christ and the church's needs were met. But here's where the side eyes come. You ready? What is a need, everybody? What is a need? What is this? Anyway, what is a need versus a want? According to study.com, economically speaking, a need refers strictly to anything a human being needs for their survival. They list the basic three needs of survival, and those are water, food, and shelter. Some could argue that other items such as a car or a cell phone are needed in today's modern society. Me personally, I'm going to add medical care and clothing uh, to that list of modern needs if it doesn't fall under some form of like weird version of shelter because you're sheltering your body, but we can split that hair some later on. But it is true that these are wonderful inventions that make our lives infinitely easier. However, they are not absolutely essential for survival. And in the most fundamental sense, they are not considered needs medical side. Now, what about those wants, everybody? What about those wants? Let's go. A want, economically speaking, is anything that someone desires or would like to have. Wants can be simple things that make us happy or they can serve a very useful purpose. What does that look like today? Because wants and needs can be very vague and nebulous. I mentioned earlier that we need clothing and shelter, right? So hold on. But do we really need Gucci slides? Do we absolutely need that new North Face sweater? Do we need that sweet sweet airsoft rifle build with all the bells and whistles. I'm guilty. Objection, Your Honor. Hearsay. Order in the court. But I'm guilty. All right? If I can say that, we can all say a little things about wants and needs. It gets a little vague, right? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Let me show up to a restaurant that doesn't have aquapana. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how far down, like in terms of me, just like, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, what is your problem? But I digress. But, that's a, but this is serious food for thought though. These new believers exemplified selflessness and I truly believe that this greatly pleased God. I really do. And it's the same thing here with my children or your children. It's the small things that make our hearts swell. 
I think I'm going to make a two-parter of this because I've only covered two out of the four verses because I want to talk about how we translate this into our lives for a second. <clears throat> Pardon me. Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I think to me, this is how we are bridging the gap. This is how we are closing that gap. We're closing that gap. We're getting there to him. But let's, but let's, let us consider this in totality. Okay. Just, just, just real quick. I'll recap. After the spirit came down on the disciples, after Christ ascended into heaven, a large crowd accused him of being drunk. Peter delivered a powerful spilled message that, you know, can, made people rethink over 3,000 people repenting and being baptized. On that day, they were adopted into the kingdom as a child of God. We are all brothers and sisters in the kingdom. Now, everyone should have this mindset toward each other significantly. We are reminded to love our blood-related siblings the exact same way we love our spiritual siblings through the blood of Christ unless you're not looking at your siblings in the best of lights. Okay? Okay? <laughs> but honestly, to love kindness with others, Christian or not, it doesn't matter, is to love grace. Because mistakes will be made. And sometimes toes will be stepped on. And people will have bad days that affect others. And we are reminded to be slow to speak and quick to listen. And I believe prayer at the first sign of conflict is critical here. Prayer at the first sign of conflict is critical here. I learned from a brother of mine who I'm going to be interviewing pretty soon. He, he wears a rubber band around his wrist. And it's a reminder to him to be flexible. And flexibility requires that type of grace. It requires that type of love, that that type of kindness. And so I, so now I wear a rubber band because he, he, he's a that man. He, he can inspire, but that's for later. Because let's think about it. Our thoughts can produce a poison that is administered by our tongues rather quickly. Think about how fast something can go left by some slick or some spicy comments. But prayer slows our thoughts and it cools down our hearts and it opens a direct line with the Father on how we should receive because our actions can sometimes cause irreparable situations and damage relationships by division. I can go into a myriad of ways of how division can be created just by words. Words alone, just not even, not even actions, just, just, just the words that come out of your mouth, right? Loving kindness through grace and prayer is the cornerstone of these practical demonstrations. Through this, we can find the loving touch to do justice. Humans will make mistakes that sometimes requires direct communication to prevent mistakes from being made again. 
reprimanding a person or engaging in a heated conversation is not justice. Reprimand, I'm saying reprimanding is not justice. It's vengeance. Reprimanding a person or engaging in a heated conversation is not justice, it's vengeance. And vengeance is selfish and it's ego-driven and it's not reflect our king's teachings. To do justice is to approach the, the situation with a godly heart, to truly want to fix what is wrong in that situation because it is how God wants it, not us. Sometimes reprimanding is, is needed. I'm not saying all reprimanding is, is, is bad and taboo, but you know what I'm talking about. Look in your hearts, look in your hearts. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but sometimes to do justice is, is to just lead by example. Plain and simple. Sometimes to just explain and, and, and show someone what you want to be done is to lead by example. And can we, can we apply that right now? Of course we can. With our families. Loving our children, our spouses, our friends, our close circle, the people who we, who we depend on every day. Of how you want to be treated is how you should be treating them. And to be honest, I, I think that that kind of example is showing other people around how, how they should treat other people as well. Like, like a stranger. Man. Man, our spirit-led actions and character can sometimes provide enough clarity to others on how something should be done or said. To do justice through love and kindness is, is walking humbly with our God. The practical and specific way to demonstrate walking humbly cannot be easily shown immediately. Humility can often take time to reveal its presence in us. A simple example of humility can usually be found in apologies and seeking forgiveness in each other. An apology can diffuse a situation before it spirals out of control. Now, we know full well the power of a sincere apology. It's, it's like EOD. They, they diffuse the bomb. Sometimes, you know, that bomb's too big or it's going nuclear and you can't defuse that thing because, you know, you've, 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 you've crossed that line, right? Remember our words? But we can find ourselves on the opposite end of that direct communication from other Christians or just anybody else about something that needs to be prevented from occurring again. As we apologize and seek forgiveness from our God for our transgressions, we should emulate that practice with each other because we as Christians can find ourselves on any given day on bad terms in our life, which can add stress to others. And just think about that. The next time that you're claiming that you are a Christian, saying that you love God fervently, to say that you are a child of God, and you don't know what goes on in the mind of your average person every day, but your weapons are love, hope, and faith. 
So show them that. Close the gap. Meet them on the battlefield of building a relationship. We have to close the gap every day. And I'm not saying walk out there and just Ned Flanders the entire universe, but there are relationships that God is pulling on your heart towards people. He, 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 he imposes on our hearts these, these directions. We need to be still, sit with him, hear his word, read his word, pray, and move smartly. Some would say sharp and wolf-like. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, if you ask me, I would say that. But, you know, I don't know. Because you never know what someone's going through. And sometimes a good old-fashioned, I'm sorry and I love you, man, that, when I make mistakes, I leave with that. I'm sorry and I love you. Because if I can't, if I can't, you know, if you that mad at me and I, I love you and I'm sorry for not doing it, whew, I wonder what I did. But let us pray. God, I thank you for allowing the Spirit to move through me to deliver a Christ-filled, love-filled message today. I thank you for opening our eyes to see clearly what was intended for us, your adopted children that reside in your heavenly kingdom. Remind us that we are to love each other, be patient with each other by giving grace and understanding. Like us, you constantly provide a grace and salvation that we are not worthy of, but yet and still you do it with a loving heart. You sent your only son here to earth to take upon the wrath that is <clears throat> fully deserved, that we fully deserve. We fully deserve that wrath, but you sent your child here to take that so that we all have a path of glory into your holy kingdom. And I pray that there's, if there, there's anyone listening right now and wants to know you, walk closer with you, you send a spirit-filled messenger right now to that person. You let that person know that they are loved and wanted and you wrap them in your mercy and show them that salvation is here and alive. All right, I'll wrap it up. But I want to really caveat off of saying, if there's any prayer that you guys need, um, send it in. Stay sharp and wolf-like at gmail.com. And we can pray as a family together. Okay? I love you guys. And as always, stay sharp and wolf-like. Chase the rabbit. <laughs>